podcasts from Aberdeen Standard Investment Trusts. Invest in good company. Hello, and welcome to the latest in the Aberdeen Standard Investment Trust podcast series. I'm Cherry Raynard. With me today are Ian Pyle, manager of the Shires Income Investment Trust. We'll be looking at the UK dividend landscape and specs for the year ahead. Welcome, Ian. Now, by any measure, 2020 was a tough year for income investment in the UK. Can you talk about what's happened to UK dividends since the start of this year? Yeah. Hi there, Terry. So you're right. 2020 was a, certainly a tough year. Unfortunately, 2021 so far is a little bit better. So what we're seeing is kind of a steady improvement in dividend expectations for the UK market. If you looked at the FTSE 100, then expectations for 2021 are up about 15% since we started the year, which doesn't sound a lot, but they're up 80% since the low point back in March last year when things looked pretty bleak. There's still a way to go to get back to pre-pandemic levels. So we're still about 30% below the, the high waterline for dividend expectations. But what we're seeing and what we're hearing from companies is certainly a bit more confidence in the outlook. And that's starting to come through into expectations for cash flow and a bit of confidence that we see dividends reinstated and start to grow again this year. It's not by any means across the market. There's plenty of companies there who have still got some uncertainties in the outlook and plenty of companies that have taken on quite a lot of debt over the last year. So they need to fix the balance sheets before dividends come back. But generally, we're seeing a a nice, steady upgrade to dividend expectations at the start of the year. Okay, and what's that meant for share prices for income stocks? Yes, it's definitely helpful. um, And clearly rising dividends have helped. Um, I think market leadership so far this year has been mainly with those stocks that were most beaten up last year. So it's been the recovery plays that have had the most to gain, as we've seen the vaccine rollout, beat expectations and see some you know, level of confidence that the sectors like travel and leisure and banking will recover through this year. Where, where you've got that intersection of dividend paying stocks and a bit of a recovery play, things like banks and the miners, they've performed pretty well so far this year. And that's something we'd, we'd hope to continue going forwards. I think to get a real boost in the dividend paying stocks outperforming, we need to see that dividend growth coming back in, which hopefully we'll see through the rest of the year. And can you just give me a flavour of how the trust has performed in this environment? Yeah, so trust performance has, has held up pretty well. Over the first three months of the year, the net asset value has risen by 3%, which does mean it's lagged our FTSE all share benchmark by about 2%. But that shouldn't be a surprise. The, the portfolio is very much set up to be defensive, to deliver resilient income. And in an environment like we've seen in the first quarter, where it's the it's the more value recovery stocks that have led the recovery, they're the stocks that aren't really paying dividends yet. So we'd expect the trust to, to lag that a little bit. If we look back over the past year, the 12-month period, which is probably a better way to look at things, then performance of the net asset value is 7% ahead of benchmark. So actually, it's it's performed very well, and it's been very resilient through that pandemic-driven cycle we've seen over the last year. And obviously, markets are, are now appear to be anticipating a better economic climate ahead. I guess there are two questions from that. One is whether whether you agree with that, and also how you're reflecting that sort of change in mood in the trust, whether you've made any changes there. Yeah, so first part of the question, I think I probably do agree with that. You know, we're seeing 
generally a degree of optimism in the economy. We're seeing all the indicators for consumer confidence and PMIs pointing in the right direction. And company management teams we meet are definitely more optimistic about the future. So I think the recovery will continue and I feel I feel pretty confident about it. We're seeing all the evidence that the vaccine programs are working and that's allowing lifting of restrictions in the UK and the US and to some extent Europe, where it's a bit behind. There's still some uncertainty out there, of course. When you look at places like India where COVID remains a, a real risk and I think it would be you know foolish to say we're completely past the worst and the recovery is going to be even and continuous from here. But I think direction of travel will be that things get better point forwards. Um, in terms of how we position the trust and what changes we've made, we did a lot of the kind of heavy lifting in summer last year where following the dividend cuts, we needed to take action to make sure we could still deliver the income to investors and make sure we can maintain the dividends. And that's when we bought some more defensive stocks, things that would hold the dividends through the cycle. Now, as we come into this year, and particularly the last six months since the vaccine trial results were released, you've seen market direction change quite a lot. So value has outperformed, more cyclical stocks have outperformed. And we reflected that by shifting the portfolio slightly just to add at the margins a bit more value and a bit more cyclicality into the into the positions we hold. You know, we tend to have quite a long-term view and we tend to have a quality bias in the companies we hold. So we're not necessarily chasing the real value plays in this market, but we're trying to find things like um, Schroders, for example, which benefits from increasing asset values, Morgan Sindel and Marshalls, which are you know, UK industrials, which have a degree of cyclicality, but still meet that quality threshold we're looking for and add those into the portfolio just to make sure we keep up with this, um, this value rally. On the reverse of that, as we've seen bond yields rise, we've seen the kind of defensive growth stocks that you'd call bond proxies underperforming to some extent. Um, and there's some names in the portfolio, things like Assure, for example, which um, provides property to, to health services in the UK and has benefited a lot from lowering bond yields. As bond yields rise again, we don't see so much upside. So we're selling those kind of names to, to fund that cyclicality. Okay, thanks. And and you mentioned a couple a couple of names there and themes, but I, I wonder are there any other sort of major themes running through the portfolio that you'd highlight? I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't try and draw out any themes particularly. We always try and focus on the fundamentals and bottom-up stock by stock analysis when we when we're thinking about the stocks we want to hold. And actually I think the nice thing about the market at the moment is really that there there isn't a particularly dominant theme. We've come through this pretty extended period where growth has outperformed value, where bond yields have continually declined. And that's created you know, a very split, divergent market for some period of time. What we've seen at the moment is actually you know, bond yields are rising, inflation expectations have gone up, and there's been a bit of a resurgence in value. But it feels a lot more balanced. That kind of push and pull in the market is a lot more even. And that's a pretty good environment for actually doing stock-specific work and meeting companies and owning good companies with you know high-quality attributes that will outperform. Cool. I mean, could you give a couple of examples of those? Things I think are interesting at the moment. I mean, Morgan Sindel is one I mentioned earlier that we started a position in near the start of this year. And it's a UK industrial. It has two main businesses. One is construction and one is 
basically refitting of offices. And it has some of the quality attributes we look for despite being cyclical. So it has a very good balance sheet, it has a strong management team, and it has the ability to grow margins over time. But what made it interesting for us at the start of this year was actually that you should see that cyclical uptick as companies go back into offices. We don't know what the future of work in offices is going to look like, but we do think lots of companies will try and reshape their office space and make it more fit for purpose going forwards. And Morgan Sinders are direct beneficiary of that. They should see strong trading this year and that will drive cash flows and, and dividends. So it's one that's interesting for us trying to find that thing that is quality but still adds some cyclicality. Another stock that's interesting for this year, I think, is Energian, which is a, a gas producer which has some huge gas reserves in the eastern Mediterranean. And it's interesting because I think you know the energy space has come under a bit of pressure recently. And it's not often deemed to be that high quality, but it's a company that will start producing gas next year, selling that gas into the Israel domestic market on long-term fixed price contracts. And that means it doesn't have that cyclicality that a lot of other oil and gas companies are exposed to. It has a nice ESG benefit because it allows Israel to switch from coal-fired power into gas-fired power, which is, is better for carbon emissions. Preference shares have historically contributed about one third of the income for the portfolio. How have they performed this year? So year to date, they've been up marginally. Um, they've obviously lagged behind the equity market, which is exactly what we'd expect in this environment. And indeed, if you've got rising yields, then you'd expect to see preference shares, which are slightly more for fixed income investment, um, underperform. So they have done that. What they have delivered is still stable income all the way through the pandemic, which is extremely useful from from our point of view. And performance over the period has actually been really good. If you look back over 12 months, the preference share portfolio is up about 30%. So they've certainly done their job. Um, do I expect them to keep pace with the rising market this year? No, probably not. But they're there to give us that really stable source of income and provide a more defensive element into the portfolio. Um, so I think they're, they're certainly doing the job they're there for. Great. And then just finally, it's it's obviously been a tough time for income and a tough time for the UK. How are you feeling about the remainder of the year? Do you, do you feel like those tough times are kind of behind you now and, and the UK market has a bit of self-sustaining momentum to it? I do, yes. I think, I mean, there's some pockets of the market where I think valuations look a bit more stretched, but generally... I think we're going into a period where we're going to see earnings upgrades. I think the economy, particularly on a domestic basis, will be really strong this year as we get that recovery play as activity levels pick up. Um, and that's going to drive earnings upgrades for stocks and improvement in dividends over time. And it's, I think, a good environment for income investing in the UK. And for the UK specifically, that really rapid successful rollout of the vaccine program means it has a distinct advantage over other economies this year. Great okay thank you so much Ian for, for your time and those insights today. You can find out more about the trust at www.sharesincome.co.uk and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for information purposes only.
and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation, or solicitation to deal in any of the investments of products mentioned herein, and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication, and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen Standard Investments. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns. Return projections are estimates and provide no guarantee of future results.